Hey there, and welcome to Everyday Awesome, a podcast featuring dynamic discussions with interesting, innovative, and inspiring people from all walks of life. I'm your host, Trisha G., and I'm excited and grateful you are here. I was that kid who pretended to interview people using a paper towel tube microphone, and I had a great time doing that. And today I'm having an even better time taking that playful reporter style passion to a real mic to bring you fun and enlightened conversations with amazing people doing awesome things. People who are game changers, inspiring themselves and others, never letting adversity stop them, impacting the world around them, and having a blast on the journey of this thing that we all call life. You may be wondering why listen to this podcast and who the heck is Trisha G? (laughs) Well, I love learning and connecting, and my background as a teacher, therapist, endurance cyclist, coach, and nonprofit leader have guided me to create this podcast for you. In each episode, my guests will be sharing nuggets of successful strategies, tips, and inspiration to lift your spirits, ignite your soul, and elevate your day. Stick around, hit play, and together, let's make every day awesome. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Awesome. It's so good to be here with you today. I am your host, Trisha G, and I am coming to you from California. And today, OMG, it is beautiful. It is spring weather in mid-March, and I am enjoying it. I wanted to thank you first of all, because this is the most important thing, is to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, because there are so many podcasts (laughs) that you could be listening to, and there seems to be more every day, which is, I think, awesome, because podcasts are fascinating. They're interesting. It's a way to connect with so many different people of different walks of life around the world with different expertise and experiences. So for me, I love that. And that is why I started this podcast is to bring you an array of people with different backgrounds and different experiences and training and just, you know, different personalities and fun conversations. So today I am very happy to have Dr. Jack Ritchie on the podcast. He's coming on in a couple minutes. And we are going to talk about health and wellness and athleticism and his tips for living a a kind of richly abundant and healthy life. So I will let Jack tell you more about him, but stay tuned for Jack Ritchie and Trisha G. Coming on, just here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Buckle up. (laughs) I would like to welcome you to Everyday Awesome, Jack. Thank you. Good to be here. (laughs) It is so good to have you here. And I see in the background of where you are a beautiful art piece. Is that something that you've painted or somebody in your family? That's my daughter, Mina's art. Yeah. Wow. It is beautiful. Yeah, she's a painter and creative writer as well. And she's also now getting into digital art. Oh, you must be very proud. Yeah, I'm glad that she's following her passion. Yeah, that seems to be something that you and your family do very well, from what I know of you. Yeah, we try. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) That's good. And you have guitars in the background as well. Are you a musician? A guitar and ukulele. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
trying to get my fingers to be able to do what it requires, but it's not working. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a want to be musician? Yes. In the future musician? (laughs) I just sit down and play. It's more of a hobby and meditative experience, especially the ukulele. It's if I've had a long day at work or whatever, I just sit down with it and just strum some chords and it just has a way of really relaxing me and, and bringing me to that moment. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tried learning guitar a few years back and a very good friend of mine is a musician with his own band. So he was teaching me and I had such a hard time. My fingers, I, several times I actually cried. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. so painful. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why I picked up the ukulele. It's way easier. That's, okay, good. Yeah. Good. Cause I've been thinking it's about so much that easier up. to get the feeling and to not, you don't have to press down as hard. So yeah, maybe try ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to do that. And I also see skiing boots and cycling wheels. So yes. <laughs> I did a poor job of cleaning up my space. <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, so just went skiing yesterday, in fact, um, <laughs> which uh, was phenomenal. It was, it was a great day. My son and I played hooky on Friday and, and went out for a ski day up at Squaw Valley. And <gasps> it was just really, really nice. And oh. moments like that that are really cherished with, with my son or, oh. or my kids at all. Yeah. Oh, how old is your son? He's 18. He's 18. Yeah, he's 18 now and my daughter's 20. So they're wow. they're moving on to their own adult world and their own lives. And um, But I still try to be a part of it as much as I can. Mm. You know, Squaw Valley, I used to work in their marketing office. Oh, wow. When I was in college, actually. So I put myself through college. And so I would work. I worked downtown San Francisco. I loved going to the marketing office. And it was when they were building it. Mm. So this, you know, this is sharing my age a bit here, but so when they were building Squaw Valley and they would send me to Squaw Valley to be in the office and then I would Ooh. ski. And it just was, it's such a beautiful, beautiful place to ski. That's awesome. That's a great mm-hmm. story. I'm really impressed with this year has been pretty challenging for a lot of ski resorts, adventure businesses and whatnot. I love your mug, by the way. Oh, <laughs> um, let that shit go. Yes. <laughs> for the listener, for you, the listener, that's what my mug says. And it's got a woman meditating. <laughs> it says, let that shit go. <laughs> yes. And that's great. So a little bit of profanity is going to be okay today if that slips. Awesome. We'll just let the listener uh, know if your chitlins are nearby, there, there may be some profanity. So <laughs> FYI. Great. I wanted to bring you on today in large part because you have such a passionate viewpoint about health and wellness and a an extensive background and training as well. So I wanted to give you a chance to share that with you, our listener, what your background is in the area of health and wellness. Awesome. Yeah, glad to. So I am a doctor of chiropractic. And with that too, I've taken it upon myself to study a number of other things related. And it really goes back to what I have learned as a healthcare provider over the years was primarily for my own needs. At first, I stumbled upon chiropractic, gosh, 20, 
a lot of a long time ago. <laughs> we'll just say many uh, moons, many moons. <laughs> in 1994, after I was working as a bartender, I was putting myself through a school working as a bartender, and I was at UC Davis in their pre-med program, and I lifted a keg of beer off a bar one Friday afternoon, and it felt like somebody stabbed me in the back with an ice pick. And I literally fell on the floor. I was laying on the floor of the bar, unable to move and writhing in pain. And it was an incredible experience. And, and a friend of mine leaned over the bar. He was one of my friends and regulars on Friday afternoon. And he uh, lifted his, his scotch up and he said, you're going to see my chiropractor. And I was like, those guys are quacks. And, uh, you know, because I was training to be an orthopedist. That's in my mind. I needed a real doctor at that point. I needed to make sure I didn't break something, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, uh, he said, no, just go. He's really good. He's got x-rays, all these things. So I, I trusted the experience enough to go. I even told that first chiropractor, though, who was an amazing man. He's since passed, Frank Savinsky. But I told him, I was like, you know, I really... I'm going to be honest, I really don't believe in what you guys do, um, but I'm hoping that I can get some x-rays. It's Friday afternoon um, and see if I broke something. And so that's where we started. And he said an incredible thing to me, which is still with me every day. And he said, I hear what you have to say, but I'm going to ask you this question. Can you suspend your disbelief long enough to see this working for you? And it was a really interesting question because it's, you know, kind of a reverse psychology question. It's not, he wasn't asking me to buy into his beliefs. He wasn't asking me, hi, kitty. He wasn't asking me to do anything that was against my belief system. He just said, can you suspend your beliefs long enough to see this working for you? It was very confident sounding too. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. You know, so I, I still knew that I had, you know, some closed armness to the experience, but he seemed pretty trustworthy and he had some good, um, good reviews. So long story short, within a couple of weeks was feeling amazing, feeling healthy again. I remember being able to get back on my bicycle and, and ride within a couple of weeks. And after that kind of an injury, it was pretty incredible to witness. He also though noticed that on my intake forms, I discussed with him that I had been taking between four and five different prescription medications at the time. Mind you, I was about 25 years old and I had come out of the U.S. Navy. I had suffered vaccine injuries in the Navy. I had long-standing history with old nutrition and lifestyle-related disorders and diseases, including irritable bowel syndrome and chronic allergies and a lot of pain regularly that I was dealing with as, a, as an athlete who pushed his body but he helped me in a way to heal from those injuries like no other specialist or provider had at that time. And I'd seen lots of them. I had access to University of California professors through my studies. I had access to a lot of different doctors and specialists uh, in the military. And, and I'm grateful for those experiences, yet they failed to meet my health needs because it was always well, this disease is going on, this drug is needed to manage this symptom and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was getting ready to be put on high blood pressure meds because I was having high blood pressure and I was kind of a stressed out student as well too. But, and they were talking about maybe giving me some um, anti-anxiety pills because they thought that this, all this, my stomach stuff and everything was just stress related. 
this guy asked me to do some toxicity tests. He asked me to do some nutritional tests to see what my nutrient levels like, to see what my toxin levels were like. And I was pretty impressed with those tests because nobody had really gone into the level of testing that he suggested that we do. And turns out, lo and behold, I was full of toxins. Of course, I didn't really eat always really healthy. I included some healthy foods, but I also included a lot of junk foods too. And, and like I said, I was also heavily vaccinated in the military. There was never any acknowledgement by my doctors that those shots included toxins that my body might be processing still for months or years later, which it turns out I was. And, you know, working with this guy after a couple of months, I did some detoxing. I did some metals detoxing, some chelation therapy. I did some standard detox programs. I changed my diet significantly. And within two to three months, I was off of all those medications. And I've been taking some of these for years, many years since I was a teenager. So it was pretty impactful and pretty powerful, you know, and, and enough so that obviously I decided to still finish my pre-med degree, but I became a chiropractor after realizing not only the impact it, it had on my own life, but the scope of practice, the orientation of chiropractors in medical terminology, meaning how, what our philosophy is in, in health and well-being, just seemed to be much more holistic in the scope of practice, even a little bit more broad than some of the doctors that I was looking at in traditional medicine. So I went through my training as a chiropractor, and then I also studied heavily into nutrition. I looked at vaccine science. I've studied toxicology related to pharmaceuticals. Again, more so just to have that knowledge base for myself and that wisdom for myself to understand what I had gone through and how to heal that part of who I am. And one thing led to another. After going to chiropractic school, Dr. Frank Savinsky, who was also became a, a coach, a personal development and business mentor, became my mentor as well, too. And that turned me on to the whole psychological aspects and emotional aspects of well-being, um, really big time. And which eventually led me to look at people like Tony Robbins and, and other people to improve my own well-being. So I, I did a lot of training in personal development coaching and all those other aspects, which then I also bring all of that experience to my practice and to the foundation of, of what I do and understanding that health and healing is not just, you know, your chemistry. It's not just your structure. It's your emotional and physical and mental well-being. And it's all of these things wrapped up into one. And we have to look at each person that way. It's, it's incredibly important to look at it by the way. Thank you for sharing uh, so much about your background, and it really helps me and also the listener to understand the trajectory of what was that turning point in your life. We all have a turning point that heads us in a different direction, and you had a major turning point that led you on a different path that has impacted many, many lives of people that you've treated. It's impacted the way that you've raised your family, the way that you are as a family, and how you are in your community. So it's it is always interesting to hear that, that trajectory and what was that turning point. So lifting up a beer keg was a major turning point in your life. Big time. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> <laughs> you have that blend of the understanding of science and research and also the training of looking at the whole person and looking at other ways of diagnosing and treating health. So right. I've always been very uh, interested in following you for that reason, because I like that. I like the combination of, of both. 
like you're saying. And I think that integration would be a huge improvement and an answer to a lot of our healthcare issues if totally. we can have more of that integration. So I'm really, I'm very inspired and interested in hearing you talk about this. And I was an endurance cyclist for a number of years. And, you know, when Yay. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I did the death rides and all sorts of centuries and things like that and coached some people with Leukemia Society and just had tremendous, tremendous experiences. But I also had some tremendous body aches. And a few, a few, you know, where I kind of said hello to the ground a few times. <laughs> so I've had that. I fell off a wall one time doing an adventure race. So I've had, you know, some injuries, but one that has stuck with me uh, has been an injury to my neck. And it's, it's subtle and it's just some vertebra compression. But years ago, I was in the position where I remember doing the death ride coming up the backside of Ebbets one year, and I couldn't use my left arm. I couldn't even hold the handlebar. And, you know, if you're descending and you're, you know, that's not a good thing. And so I, (laughs) so I was riding with, you know, riding up the backside with one arm. And it was because what what would happen is I guess the nerve would pinch or, and I would get this uh, numbness and tingling down my left arm and I would lose my ability to grip. And then it would be very painful if I was gripping something. And so that would kind of come and go. And I had that for a number of years until I went to a chiropractor. And I had been going to my doctor to try to figure out what to do. And, and basically it was muscle relaxants and ibuprofen. That mm-hmm. was what, what I was prescribed. And I'm not somebody who takes uh, medication regularly at all. And I limit what I take. So I didn't really take the muscle relaxants very much at all, but I did take ibuprofen quite a bit. I've probably subsidized the industry <laughs> for a number of years with my <laughs> ibuprofen use. But it, it wasn't until I went to the chiropractor that that stopped that I actually was able to sleep and use that arm because it was, it was no nerve pain and it was uncomfortable. So I, I understand the benefits, but you know, like you said, when you were 25, you know, you went in with, to see a a chiropractor saying, you know, I just want to let you know, I don't quite believe in this. And that probably is great that you are now going out and being an advocate for another form of health and treatment that a lot of people without knowing it, they have opinions, of course, because that's just mm-hmm. we're human and we form our opinions. So I think you being an advocate is also a great extension of your training and knowledge and your impact in the people around you and in the world around you. Thank so, you. yeah, you are very welcome. One thing I love, I saw on your site that you use, you put values to describe yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that would be very cool when we're looking for our physician if there was, here's my values as a physician, here's my values as a person. So your values are healer, world traveler, optimist, (laughs) cyclist, thrill seeker, and conscious thinker. So what does being a healer mean to you? And I'd love for that to kind of lead us into now, how do you live your life or what recommendations do you make to your patients or what can you share with our listener that they can be doing every day to strengthen their immune system, to strengthen their quality of life and their psychological health. What can we be doing in your mm. mind to be our healthiest, strongest self? Mm. That's a huge question. <laughs> uh, that could be the topic of an entire college level course, right? Yes. Just in understanding, not necessarily all the specifics, but in the big scope of things. I'm just going to first start off with something that I learned years ago that I think a lot of doctors could be reminded of and patients would do well to remember is that doctor means teacher. 
and you should be able to utilize your doctors as that teachers as a part of your education to learn about your body's systems to test certain systems to analyze certain systems to get knowledge on what's going wrong with some of those systems and how that relates to other systems and to really to be able to learn as much as possible i think we've unfortunately for whatever reason forgotten the important role of our health educators in being able to impart knowledge and not necessarily that they need to teach us everything and i'm humble about that when i teach my patients something i i say listen i don't know everything there is about everything but i know enough about this area because of personal experience and because of 20 years of, of clinical experience that i feel pretty confident that this is what's going on and you should learn about these things in order to improve your health and well-being and that this is a partnership that i want to impart on you knowledge and wisdom to carry forward and to teach you about how I'm thinking about these things too, so that they can learn. Because, you know, we all have maybe not the understanding to pass a, a chemistry test tomorrow, but we all have a basic understanding of our bodies. And I think that we could have that understanding elevated if we're just reminded of that. And if any of our clinical practitioners, our doctors, our nurses, our chiropractors, whatever, took the time to teach us as much as they know about that, at least that area of what's going on with our bodies. So that's a huge element. And I, I stumbled between healer and educator when I was actually selecting that, that word, by the way, because I think, again, a doctor is an educator and mm -hmm. a, a guide, if you will, almost to yes. helping an individual through their own training and their wisdom and hopefully some personal experience to help an individual to come from where they are to elevate their knowledge base up to the next level or whatever it is. So yeah, education is a huge part of, of what that means to me as a healer. You know, there's some other areas that I also, of course, I, I possess technical skills. A surgeon possesses technical skills. A nurse possesses technical skills that are difficult to just teach somebody how to do. I can't, you know, I can't teach you how to safely adjust your own neck. I don't even adjust my own neck. Okay. I go to another specialist, several, mm -hmm. I have great chiropractor friends who I trust to do their technical skills on, on my spine. Um, I can't teach your husband how to push on your back and make sure that it's the right thing today. You know, of course we could teach a monkey how to crack somebody's back, but does that mean that they're doing the right thing and all these other things? So, I think a doctor does possess technical skills. I think that's important to me that I and a lot of other chiropractors and medical doctors and surgeons and nurses understand their role as technicians. And, and we are, we are technicians as healers. So we're teachers, we're technicians. And the other components of it, I kind of struggled with it. I'm going to be honest, because my belief is that healing is is coming from our own selves. Healing is, is an inside job. Healing is something, and I know that there's a lot of ideas to think about this with respect to what happens from a healing. And does the healing actually come from a healer or is it the healer's energy that reminds that person that's needing the healing of what they're capable of doing? So I know that there's probably a little bit of both there that mm -hmm in my spirit, in my being, I carry with me 
energy that when I lay my hands on someone, I know that I can move energy. I can move, I can sense it, I can move it, I can feel it shifting. And so there is some healing that's done there. But I also think that it's still ultimately, and I've thought about this often too, times when, you know, there's lots of stories of people who go to healers and spiritually speaking, there's a lot of this belief Mm -hmm. that somebody can just lay hands and that person's healed on for the rest of their lives. And again, I think there's some validity to that, but I think a huge part of healing is really just our energy serving to remind that other living being of what they're capable of on an energetic component, on a metaphysical component, um, vibrational component, that it might not necessarily be our energy that's actually reforming that person's cells, but it's our energy that's vibing so high or vibing at a certain frequency that invite that client or that patient's frequencies or energy to come into that light, so to speak, to be present in then that light. And then that's that person's systems, then they're going to reform their own selves. They're doing the actual healing. We're just kind of initiating the process, if you will, shining a light where it needs to be shown, reminding ourselves what the vibration is. I think even some of our greatest healers have have talked about that from Jesus to Buddha to, you know, all these great spiritual teachers that it wasn't necessarily what they possessed that was doing the healing, but that they were bringing that person's consciousness to their level of of existence so that that person could heal themselves. So healing's a, yeah, it's a big word that I think about often because there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. But I also, in that, kind of want to circle back to the idea of, you know, when I was talking about doctors as educators, I think we would do well to remember that we have to take personal responsibility for our own health and well-being. And that for some reason, for whatever reason, we've given up or deferred deflected a lot of the responsibility that we have to heal our own lives onto our doctors, onto the system, onto, you know, any number outside of ourselves. And a lot of doctors out there, and when I speak of doctors, by the way, know that I know that there's so many amazing out there that are even in the traditional world that are doing things right and, and have all this thought process going on too. But collectively, they're also too not helping their clients to accept responsibility for their own health and well-being. When you walk in and your cholesterol test shows that you have bad cholesterol, they're pretty quick to give you Lipitor or any, you know, whatever cholesterol-lowering drug. Um, In my opinion, you should be also then given an exit strategy right away. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you're in danger. So, well, one, are you in danger? Do we need to give you this drug right away? Or, you know, could we hold off and try other things for a while? But if you are needing a drug, okay, that's awesome. That's there for us. But I think every pharmaceutical drug should be given an exit strategy with it. Not that it's always possible to exit off of that drug, but it should be tried. And so, okay, here's your cholesterol or your heart, uh, your blood pressure is so high that we really need to give you this drug to lower your blood pressure. You, You could die tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. Now, Mm-hmm. Here's your exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Here's your responsibility in this coming 12 to 24 months. And that's how long it could take to heal from serious injuries or diseases. That's Here's true. your responsibility in doing these things as a person 
so that you can get off of this high blood pressure medication. Here's your responsibility to, you know, change the way that you're eating or change the way that you're moving or change the way that you're thinking so that you can, you know, not be dependent upon this drug and me just being a glorified drug dealer to you instead of an actual healer. And healing is, I think, then going to encompass reminding people of their responsibility as individuals and not only responsibility, but capacity and mm-hmm. ability. I mean, it's pretty amazing what these things can do when you take care of it, yeah, right? Our I mean, bodies, yes, what our bodies it's, are It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Just, Jack, you just gave a great example. I have a friend who has found, found a practitioner who is addressing it in the way that you said, and it's going really well. So mm-hmm. as a case example, to your point, he had, had the high blood pressure issue, went on the medication and has been working with his physician to get off of it. And he's actually, so he's been posting his trajectory and he's getting off of it, but he Yay. found somebody. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. I mean, he's lost weight. He's exercising. He's changed his diet. And, mm-hmm. and it was enough, you know, of a scare. And, and also he had that dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so what, what it got me thinking about too, and I talk with a lot of my friends about this, we're always, you know, we're middle-aged, we're trying to figure out what is the best things that we can be doing for our body, like you're saying, to take control of our health, to get in touch with that wisdom inside of ourselves. What is it that we can be doing every day that keeps us strong and healthy so that when we do go to the doctor or when we do go to our chiropractor or a nutritionist or whoever we work with, that we're working, our energies are working together, but we're coming with the base of a lifestyle choice that mm-hmm. is already elevating us to however high we can be elevated until we need that help, the additional right. help of the medical field or chiropractics or nutrition. And so I'm very curious because you are an extremely healthy person. Your family is very healthy. You're all athletes and you don't even take ibuprofen, (laughs) which blows my mind. And so you have a lifestyle that is a great um, example of what we can learn from. Even like when we first started, before we hit record on our chat today, you were saying that you're working, working hard at playing hard. Hmm. And that that is something that you've learned is is really elevates your career, elevates your success, elevates you as a healer, it elevates you as a father. And, you know, so mm-hmm. that really struck me when you said that. And I'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm going to remember <laughs> to work hard. Yes. <laughs> so um, if you could share, because, uh, you know, we'd like to have at the end of the show and we're coming close towards our end. I wanted I love to share things that people can walk away with and, mm-hmm. uh, and implement in their life that will inspire or ignite or elevate them in some way. And mm. you as a healer, you have that uh, knowledge you can bring and share with us today uh, a little bit. Like you said, it's not a whole class. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> good point. <laughs> but a few um, of key daily things or yeah. lifestyle choices that you and your family are making. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's great. So no, we don't, we don't take vitamin I unless we need it. And I jokingly call it vitamin I because I've heard of people, you know, I, I race bikes, I ride bikes, I'm a martial artist. I'll never forget I was at a, at a martial arts tournament and I heard a young gentleman say to his friends, hey, do you have any vitamin I? And I was like, is that one that I didn't learn about? What, what, you know, what am I missing? <laughs> no, ibuprofen. I'm like, whoa, 
That's crazy. You're taking this before you go and activate your muscles and all. So anyway, um, and there's a lot of people that think of it. They think of it like a vitamin. I'm going to admit that I took it all the time. Yeah, I do too. I lived on it for years and it was, it was part of my toxicity as I discovered. Yeah, you know? I mean, I have my liver it. enzymes were way off because partly because I was literally eating 800 plus milligrams of vitamin I every day. Anyway, I think it has a place, but there's so much with that too, that we could talk about in another time. If you want to, you know, is inflammation a bad thing? And you know, that's what vitamin I or you know, ibuprofen or non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are, marketed as fighting inflammation when, you know, and I'm going to tie this in, it's inflammation isn't a bad thing. It's a part of our immune system's function. It's when we have damage to cells in our body, our, our body goes and sends white blood cells and other healing components as coordinated by our immune system to repair what's going on there. Inflammation becomes a bad thing when it's chronic because you're not addressing the cellular damage or the toxicity or the injury or the whatever. And that's where inflammation gets a bad rap. So it can become a problem if it's in chronic, but acute inflammation is not a problem. In fact, I don't really try to fight it too much at all. I do use inflammatory modulators like cannabidiol. CBD is a great inflammatory modulator. It's not an anti-inflammatory, although it's mismarketed as such. Curcumin, which is the active ingredient in turmeric, is also a great inflammatory modulator. They're not like the drugs are going, uh, which, which are marketed ibuprofen. They're not doing a fight against inflammation as much as they are helping to modulate over or underactive um, inflammatory oh, response. Okay. That's interesting. And as a chiropractor too, I know that a lot of chiropractors and orthopedists recommend ice after a trauma, for example. I don't necessarily. I look at each case individually, but I try to help people understand that inflammation can be helpful in the short term and that you kind of want to support movement and circulation not necessarily fight the inflammation. If you support healthy circulation and movement in a damaged area and healthy chemistry with nutrients in your body, then, then that will, um, the inflammation will move on. So I use contrast therapy, for example, instead of just ice, we use ice followed by heat to cool mm-hmm. and then warm. And that pumps blood into those tight uh, injured areas, which doesn't oh, necessarily fight that... the inflammation. It just improves the circulation response. I didn't so, know that. that makes sense. Back to the dailies, some really key fundamental things. Look at life in kind of three main categories, if you will. In chiropractic, we have the art, the science, and the philosophy. And in my world of understanding health, we have chemistry in one corner. We have mental and emotional, and I'll even kind of connect spiritual as kind of part of that um, component. And then we have the physical aspects of our lives. So, and yes, there are definitely other categories that we could look at, but these kind of three main areas is what I try to take into consideration when I'm looking at my dailies and my weeklies and my monthlies. Am I looking at my chemistry properly? Am I nutrienting my body? Am I hydrating my body? I start with a good liter of water every morning when I get up first thing, just to get everything hydrated and all the systems going absolutely and I breathe because that affects my chemistry as much as it also affects my mental and physical aspects of my body as well, too. So breathing and water are a huge part of my morning routine, if you will. I'll lay before I even get up and I'm drinking my water. I'm doing some breath work. I'm doing some stretches before I even get up out of bed. And then I'm, you know, 
consciously thinking about mindful aspects of my life, what I'm grateful for and, and what I am wanting to envision for my day and trying to build up some excitement for my day and some enthusiasm. So I'm looking at my chemistry and my mental and, and emotional well-being. And then I'm doing some yoga and some stretching and some movements to build that foundation in those three areas from the get-go in the morning. And that's, so that's that before process. you even get out of bed. You're laying before in bed. Before you even get out of bed. And you're moving before your even, body. Yep. Yeah. Move, a little bit of movement, a little bit of hydration, a little bit of oxygenation, a little bit of mental clarity, some envisioning, some all those little components just to start the framework for that day. And then looking at everything that I do the rest of the day, just look at the areas of your life, the foundations, the physical aspects of your life, the chemical aspects of your life, and then the mental, emotional, spiritual aspects of your life. And, and try to bring some activities that support health in each of those areas. And it's such a huge topic that we could go on, but in a way I'm trying to frame it so that people have an understanding, oh, am I at least considering these three main areas in each hour, each segment of my day? Uh, you know, are we segment segmenting it so that in my work, for example, am I getting up and moving at least every hour and, and creating some some space for my joints to start to circulate and my heart to start to pump and my lungs to start to breathe and you know all kinds of things. And then am I hydrating myself properly? Am I, and and then am I helping my mental and, and emotional components? So uh, that's part of each of my segments. For example, each when I sit down and I'm getting ready to go into treatment hours. For example, if I have three or four treatment hours in, in ahead of me, I will do some yoga squats. I will do some different movements to get my body primed, if you will, to get mm -hmm. things flowing physically. I'll read when I show up to work, I have a, a mantra. Today is a great day and I have the opportunity to be the best me ever. I'm an irresistible magnet with the absolute power to attract into my life everything that I desire. My life is a huge success. That mantra goes on for a couple of minutes. I read it every day. I'll be happy to share it with you later if you want to post it. But it's a part of my ritual that sets me up mentally to get into that space where I can then be providing for people and doing that. So I recommend to having a mantra to start your day with, to having a way to frame your day mentally and whatnot to tackle it. So Jack, let me recap real quick. If, so make sure I'm on kind of staying with you and our listener as well. So in the morning, you start off with hydration and oxygen. So you breathe and you do just kind of probably deep uh, breathing and just making mm -hmm. sure that you're getting enough. Cause one of the things that I know I've been told this and I know a lot of people, we don't actually breathe enough and we don't realize we're not breathing. Enough. Oh man. We don't realize we're holding our breath. So starting your day with making sure you get oxygen, making sure that you're hydrated. So, and do you use a certain type of water? Do you have a filter or do you have a recommendation mm -hmm. on? Yeah, filtration is really important if you live in an area where there's toxic water, absolutely. And then I include minerals as well too. Sometimes I'll put some electrolytes or, oh, okay. or minerals in my water or things absolutely. like that too. Um, okay, because yep. I use a pH balancing, just a pitcher, Phenomenal. glass pitcher filter. I love it. And the, the taste of the water is amazing. I drink a glass of water from the faucet and then I... Taste and all it is is a glass. I do it in glass, not plastic, and it's got a, a pH balance filter, and it mm -hmm. tastes so good. Mm -hmm. The water tastes different. It reminds me of the water in Iceland that you can mm -hmm. just drink from the streams. It's incredible. So it's water and oxygen, and then it's also you're talking about mindset, and we we know from neuroscience and even all the research in that that the thoughts that we think and the way that we approach our our experience. So you're starting your day with 
taking charge of your thoughts because mm-hmm. our thoughts lead to our moods and our moods lead to our decisions. And that leads mm-hmm. to our, so our success. So in the beginning of the day, you're doing hydration, oxygen, and mindfulness and training your mind. Mm-hmm. Just jump into your day. And then throughout your day, you're, it sounds like one of the things that you're saying is to stay conscious. So as you go into each experience, you're consciously preparing yourself. And in, in some cases, making sure that you're still hydrating throughout the day, that you're still and that you're moving. And you're mm-hmm. not saying anything specific where you have to do a specific type of movement, but you have to make sure that you're moving throughout your day and keeping your mm-hmm. body. You know, so we don't have to be a, a extreme athlete, you know, at the level that you might be, but exercise and movement in whatever form we choose. And I've always heard a combination of cardio with some strength training mm-hmm. throughout your day, throughout your week, because the strength training part is what really helps with our balance and our muscle strength and our metabolism. Mm-hmm. So am I with you? A hundred percent. Okay. Yep. And you're right that exercise doesn't have to be a huge amount of it. There's been a lot of great clinical studies that shown even a half an hour a day, if done correctly and used correctly, is extremely beneficial. Mixing a little bit of basic cardio in with some high intense efforts and a little bit of weightlifting, there's a lot of benefit to that. I wrote an article in our local newspaper a few years ago called uh, Sitting is the New Smoking. And I did a bunch of research for our community, showed them how, you know, just too much prolonged sitting actually ends up really negatively affecting our bodies. And there's a simple way in which you can combat that. And I related to a study that I read where they took young teenage girls that were between the ages of 11 and 13 years old, and they put them in a four-hour study where they sat them in beanbag chairs and gave them my pads, and half the group once an hour, they pulled and they put them on a stationary bicycle and they just said, pedal slowly. They weren't trying to do anything crazy, nothing high intense, just pedal slowly. They did pre and post ultrasound investigation of their vascular system in their lower limbs. Um, so half the group once an hour got up and just had 10 minutes of movement. The other half of the group just stayed there looking at their iPads for four hours straight. The Studies afterwards show that there was significant compromise to the girls who did not get up for that four hours in their vascular circulation down their lower legs, and that that was present still at a two-week follow-up examination. So there was delayed effects of that as well, too. Fortunately for these young girls, at four weeks, they were moving a bunch, so most of the girls had recovered by four weeks. Um, But the point of the study was, is just a little bit of movement once an hour was able to derail any of those deleterious effects. The study group that got up and moved, it was incredible. So just having a little bit of regular movement, just anything, get up and and, and dance once an hour for five or 10 minutes. Great reminder. You know, in your neuroscience background, there's also a huge benefit probably to productivity that we all know about as well. Absolutely. It's a huge reminder right now, in particular with this last year, of so many people being at home. And you, you don't always tend to remember to move because you get also focused or get. Um, right. And then one thing that I've been doing, I take vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D. I take a multi, calcium, magnesium every day. Yep. Is, and that I take that as kind of a base. That's just, to me, base level of vitamin support that my body would need yep. to keep my immune system strong. Is there anything else that you recommend? Glutathione, if oh, we're glutathione. talking about right now. I forget that one. Because, you know, if we're kind of keeping this a little bit relevant to coronavirus and what's happening right now, I mean, there's so many other things that we really 
still should be concerned about in our health, but coronavirus is at the front of our of our brains these days. Of every um, name so, news and yeah, yeah. So so yeah, absolutely. You said the right ones. Uh, a C E D are my go to. So think aced, right? I aced the test. <laughs> <laughs> a C E like D, glutathione, zinc, and selenium. What's the A? Vitamin A. Oh, vitamin A, just literally vitamin A. Okay. Yep. Vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin D, selenium, zinc, and glutathione. Glutathione's probably one of the more important ones along with vitamin D because it's, um, it helps, it's one of the master antioxidants. So if you hear mm-hmm. people talking about the cytokine storm that happens when people get really sick with COVID symptoms mm-hmm. or any inflammatory flu-like illness, um, inflammation is a huge problem and people are so deficient in vitamin D and vitamin and glutathione that if they are, that they have a hard time dealing with that inflammatory cytokine storm cascade that happens. So you're just giving your body the ability to deal with that. So that chances are, if you do have a, an illness occur that you'll be fine, you'll handle it just fine. and, And the symptoms will be pretty minimal with respect to that. So yeah, those are my key nutrients too. Omega-3s, really important. Another key nutrient to, to pay attention to is not a nutrient per se, but looking at macronutrients and timing of food and how it relates to if people are really interested improving their immune function to look at your metabolic health. Mm-hmm. And so timing of nutrients when you eat, getting back to our daily schedule, I eat hardly at all ever in the morning. I give my system a break in the mornings. I'm just hydrating all the time. Oftentimes won't eat until at least midday. And if a person is really interested in looking at something that's extremely helpful to their immune system's health is look at your metabolic health. So do a hormone panel, look at measure your glucose levels every day after a 10 or 12 hour fast, get your insulin levels checked because that's extremely important to how your body's immune system is going to function. And that's kind of going back to what I was saying here, nutrient timing affects metabolic health. So, and this is a whole possible subject for another talk someday, but, you know, intermittent fasting is becoming a little bit more popular with people and, you know, thinking of the timing of nutrients and how it affects our metabolic health with respect to when we exercise and things like that. So, I'll oftentimes try to get at least a good solid half an hour walk in before I've eaten in a day. And I'll push myself a little bit in that walk, try to get a little bit of respiration struggle, because if you exercise a little bit without food in your gut, you're going to actually improve your metabolic health mm. and indirectly then improve your immune health. And, and so there's a lot of benefit there into having that as part of our daily, so to speak. You know, I would love, Jack, this is really interesting too. And I've heard a little bit about this before, but what I find challenging is that you also hear, you know, you set up your metabolism by having breakfast in the morning and that breakfast is such an important meal. And there's just different viewpoints and it's very interesting. And I would love if you by chance have any resources that we could put links in for our listener and for me to check out, I would love that, you know, if any sources that get, we can learn more about what you just mentioned. Sure. Yeah, let's communicate after this and I'll send you all, you know, all lots Absolutely. of information to study. And, you know, another huge part of it too is, is working with a good healthcare provider that is familiar with these things and that can help you test and understand, you know, what your metabolism is looking like and then help you 
hopefully through exercise timing and nutrient timing to make some changes to there. So it can, and it can be a little bit difficult for, you know, people to go through that whole process. It's a lot of work, but, and it's not the same for necessarily everyone. I do know this though, that the more I have practiced this and I'm not always great about it, but the more I practice this, the better off I am. And even, even when I used to think, gosh, I need to eat an hour before I'm going to go ride my bike in the morning and stuff like that. And, you know, start my day with prepping my metabolic health and like getting my energy going. Actually, it's, it's not necessarily the case. And there's a lot of new information to consider with that. So definitely happy to talk with you again someday about this and we can, dive deep into metabolic health and what that means. And, but it's highly relevant. I can tell you this, if you look at the high risk people for COVID, almost all of them have issues with metabolism and pre-diabetic or diabetic or insulin sensitivity, or, you know, it's, it's a rampant problem in our country. Mm-hmm. It's no surprise that Americans had the hardest time amongst a lot of other nations with COVID given that aspect and the percentage of yeah. people who have problems with that pretty sedentary lifestyle in a lot of ways. Well, and you know, my grandmother, she's 91 and she was diagnosed with COVID and she went through the time period, you know, uh, with very minimal symptoms and she's 91. I was, I was so grateful and so impressed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she's also Southern. (laughs) She's very, her attitude when they told her, she said, well, I refuse it. (laughs) I refuse. (laughs) I refuse this virus. I refuse it. (laughs) Good. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Spitfire, I just I love her. Um, I love that. No, I, I I love that. And that's listen. If there's a hierarchy of health, when I'm looking at physical structure, when I'm looking at our chemistry, mental, emotional perspective is the hierarchy. It yeah. trumps everything else. And I mean, I'll just you- say one word: placebo. Yes. If you're in the science world, if you yes. if you do research, if you've done research. Placebo is the bane of Western medicine. They can't explain it. They try to explain their way out of it. But what is placebo? It's your grandma saying no. That's what placebo is. <laughs> it's, I don't you know, buy it's it. Our, it's our thoughts and it's neuroscience. There's science huge. Science it's huge. Behind. Your whole physiology changes related to what you're thinking and feeling instantly. Exactly. exactly. Instantly. Well, this is, I mean, I'm going to definitely connect with you and get resources to share with you, the listener, because I'm sure that you are feeling inspired and fascinated and wanting to learn a little bit more to be our healthiest selves. You know, in part, I think this past year has brought a lot of health issues and thoughts top of mind because we all want to be safe and healthy. And we all want to also live our life and get out there and know that we're at least taking care of our immune system in the best way possible because we are actually facing infection every day. We face it all the time. And this is just something that's really put it in front of us. And it's a very unique thing that we've had to face. But so I really appreciate your knowledge and I'll share those resources. I think that is tremendously helpful. So three things that I think you, the listener, can walk away with today that I'm walking with too is that we can immediately start our day in a way that sets our immune system up. So mm-hmm. getting enough oxygen in the morning, stretching, drinking water and, pl- and ideally filtered water and planning our day, making it a conscious start of the day. Mm-hmm. And that, right, that's huge. And then making sure at the minimum we're taking the, the, we're getting our day aced with vitamin A, C, E, and D <laughs> at a minimum. And glutathione sounds like very important as well to add. And making sure that we are moving throughout the day, 
not just Mm -hmm. exercise in the morning and then go sit at your desk for hours. It's moving throughout the day. And Mm -hmm. to remember that, to keep our joints and everything lubed and moving and our oxygen flowing and our blood flowing. And those, I think, right there are things that we can all be doing every day easily Mm -hmm. that would jump our immune system to another level. Jack, my last question for you is, who is Jack Ritchie? Hmm. (laughs) A work in progress. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. It's so honest. And (laughs) yes, well, a a great work in progress. I will add that. And so, Jack, how can people find you? So I'm, I'm pretty easy to find up to search uh, Dr. Jack Ricci in, in Nevada City, California, or just go on to Facebook at, at Dr. Jack Ricci. Same thing with Instagram. Connect with you there. Happy to answer questions. I love to talk with people too, by the way. So if anybody has any questions following this, definitely send me a message through my Facebook or Instagram or social media channels. And, you know, I just really want to say that I've enjoyed this conversation with you. I I really like where you're going with this whole work that you're doing. So keep up the good work. I'd love to be on the show again at some point, maybe talking about some of these other ideas on a deeper fashion. And I'm going to tune into your other listeners as well. So there are other um, guests as well. I have some amazing people that I've had the pleasure and my podcast is still relatively new. So I am also a work in progress and I appreciate that that feedback. (laughs) And then if, if anybody finds you through this podcast, I think you're offering a potential discount for them. Absolutely. So what I'm going to offer for anybody is actually a half an hour consultation, just a health consultation where we can delve deep. I'll send you a questionnaire and we can sit on the phone, FaceTime, whatever, Zoom, and go into some issues and get you started on a path and at least move you in the right direction. In 30 minutes, there's enough time for me to give somebody some guidance and move them in the direction that they need to get some help for. So, yep, happy to offer that. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And I'll probably take you up on that myself. Do. (laughs) So, Jack, this has been an absolute pleasure. I want to thank you for being my guest today and for sharing your time and your wisdom and just the special person that you are with me and with our listeners. So thank you for being here. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me. And so thank you, our listener, for joining us. And I hope that you have enjoyed this time with Jack and I. Uh, join me again for my next episode. And I'll, I won't give you a spoiler alert on that. So you'll just have to tune in and listen to it and find out who it is. But here is to finding some awe in your everyday. This is Trisha G signing off until we meet again. Hey there, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of Everyday Awesome. How lucky are we to have had this conversation today, learning, growing, and being inspired together. I am so grateful to have had this time with you. And if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend, family member, neighbor, or what the heck, share it with a stranger. (laughs) And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, suggestions for future guests you'd love to hear from, comments or feedback for me, you can reach me directly at everydayawesomewithtrishag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and let's make every day awesome.